Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to Architecture Time, radio for the design-obsessed, hopeless romantics of the built environment. I'm your host, Mike Lavalley from EvolvingArchitect.com. Each and every weekday, we share with you brief stories, news, profiles, and projects from around the net, showcasing not only what the profession of architecture has to offer, but also helping you evolve your own career one episode at a time. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to Architecture Time. So, Let's get right into it. I'm really excited to talk about this project. Let's get right into the project of the week, talk about what the project is, why it's important, and sort of break down from the perspective of an architect what it means for design, for the world, and for architecture. So this week, we're going to talk a little bit about the Guggenheim Museum Bilbao. And this is a project that I want to talk about because... It's a project that, honestly, is an important factor in why I got into architecture in the first place. I remember when it was built, it was right around the time of when I was thinking about um, what I was going to do in my life. And you know, I might be dating myself a little bit here, but it was while I was in um, high school that it was sort of uh, finished. And I remember it being a project that was very, very, um, it, it was in the public eye, you know, it was in movies. I remember it being in like a Pierce Brosnan movie. And I remember it being in, uh, photographs everywhere, you know, in all these magazines, you know, time magazine and, um, all these kinds of places that you would expect something high profile to be. It was, and that was, different for me because all of the architecture that I had seen up until that point was, you know, not necessarily stuff that, I guess the best way to put it is, it's not the kind of stuff that was really, really flashy. And this, in a way, for me at least, was a project that really brought architecture into the public eye in a way that I don't think it had been in a while. Now, I could be wrong about that and it might be arguable that there have been other projects that are just as high profile, you know, and that, you know, just as a kid, I didn't recognize it. But I think the fact that a high school kid from uh, Buffalo, New York, just happened upon this project and it ended up turning into something that he pursued as a passion for a career, you know, it says a lot. And, I don't think that architecture is generally um, like today it's promoted a lot more and you can, it's way more accessible, especially with things like Instagram. But at this point, I don't remember there being so many photos of, of projects like this. And I don't remember there being as many imaginative projects as this that were so high profile. So I want to talk about this because it, it is a cool project. It's a project that is a little bit, you know, it's not, it's a little bit uh, overdone now because after this project, there were a lot of projects that came after it that mimicked it. And, you know, the, the style of Frank Gehry seems to uh, repeat itself um, a lot in terms of the, the overall look. And I think, you know, when you have a high profile project like Bilbao, you, you have a, um, 
a growing client base that wants that and they they see it and they want it so it's it wasn't a, any surprise to me after i had seen more projects pop up that that was the case because if i was looking for you know the next um project by a frank gary that's what i would kind of expect so let's talk a little bit about this you know i think in general frank gary is synonymous with architecture to a lot of people in culture and that's why i think it's important to look at the project that in my mind really put him on the map in in the cultural eye he might have been a a high um influence in the profession before that but at this point this is when he became sort of a uh, household name the guggenheim museum bilbao is a museum of modern and contemporary art designed by canadian american architect frank gary and located in bilbao spain the museum was inaugurated on 18th the 18th of october 1997 by king juan carlos I of spain built alongside the nervian river which runs through the city of bilbao to the Cantabrian sea it is one of several museums belonging to Solomon R. Guggenheim Foundation and features permanent and visiting exhibits of works by Spanish and international artists. It is one of the largest museums in Spain. One of the most admired works of contemporary architecture, the building has been hailed as a, quote, signal, signal moment, single moment in the architectural culture because it represents one of those rare moments where critics, academics, and the general public were all completely united by something. The museum was the building most frequently named as one of the most important works completed since 1980 in the 2010 World Architecture Survey among architecture experts. In 1991, the Basque government suggested to the Solomon R. Guggenheim Foundation that it would be fund a Guggenheim museum to be built in Bilbao's decrepit port area, once the city's main source of income. The Basque government agreed to cover the 110 100 million construction dollar cost to create a $50 million acquisitions fund to pay a one-time $20 million fee to the Guggenheim and to subsidize the museum's $12 million annual budget. In exchange, the foundation agreed to manage the institution, rotate parts of its permanent collection through the Bilbao Museum, and organize temporary exhibitions. The museum was built by Ferrovial at a cost of $89 million dollars. About 5,000 residents of Bilbao attended a pre-opening extravaganza outside the museum on the night preceding the official opening, featuring an outdoor light show and concerts. On 18th of October 1997, the museum was opened by Juan Carlos I of Spain. The Solomon R. Guggenheim Foundation selected Frank Gehry as the architect, and its director, Thomas Krenz, encouraged him to design something daring and innovative. The curves on the exterior of the building were intended to appear random. The architect said that, quote, the randomness of the curves are designed to catch the light. The interior is, quote, designed around a large light-filled atrium with views of Bilbao's estuary and the surrounding hills of the Basque country, end quote. The atrium, which Gary nicknamed the flower because of its shape, served as the organizing center of the museum. When the Guggenheim Museum Bilbao opened to the public in 1997, it was immediately hailed as one of the world's most spectacular buildings in the style of deconstructivism, although Gary does not associate himself with that architectural movement. A masterpiece of the 20th century, architect Philip Johnson described it as the greatest building of our time. 
while critic Calvin Tompkins in The New Yorker characterized it as a fantastic dreamship of undulating form in a cloak of titanium. Its brilliantly reflective panels also reminiscent of fish scales. Herbert Mouchamp praised its mercurial brilliance in the New York Times magazine. The Independent calls the museum an astonishing architectural feat. The building inspired other structures of similar design across the globe. The museum is seamlessly integrated into the urban context, unfolding its interconnecting shapes of stone, glass, and titanium on a 32,500-square-meter site along the Nervian River in the ancient industrial heart of the city. While modest from street level, it is most impressive when viewed from the river. With a total of 260,000 square feet, of which 120,000 square feet are dedicated to the exhibition space, it had more exhibition space than the three Guggenheim collections in New York and Venice combined at that time. The 11,000 square meters of exhibition space are distributed over 19 galleries, 10 of which follow a classic orthogonal plan that can be identified from the exterior by stone finishes. The remaining nine galleries are irregularly shaped and can be identified from the outside by their swinging organic forms and titanium cladding. The largest gallery measures 30 meters wide by 130 meters long. In 2005, it housed Richard Serra's monumental installation, The Matter of Time, which Robert Hughes dubbed Courageous and Sublime. The building was constructed on time and budget, which is rare for architecture of its type. In an interview with Harvard Design Magazine, Gary explained how he did it. First, he ensured that what he calls the organization of the artist prevailed during the construction to prevent political and business interests from interfering with the design. Second, he, mer- he made sure to he had a detailed and realistic cost estimate before proceeding. Third, he used computer visualizations produced by Rick Smith employing DeSalt Systems, Keshe V3 software, and collaborated closely with the individual building trades to control cost during construction. So this project is awesome. I mean, this is one of the uh, one of the sculptural kind of just dreamlike projects that Gary makes that even though sometimes it doesn't necessarily seem like there's a lot of logic in embedded into the the forms and and how they sort of come together and it must be a very rigorous sort of technological process to actually even fabricate all this stuff because it's it's much more complicated than say you know going to um the hardware store and saying okay well i'm gonna buy this stuff off the shelf i'm gonna buy you know plywood i'm gonna buy um two by fours and you know, it's it's much more complicated than that. You're not building a house. You're not even building a simple steel structure. You're building these structures that undulate and move and weave into each other and out from each other. Very sculptural forms that I think the one reason why this is such a successful piece is because it evokes such artistic qualities that a gallery should sort of embody in in some ways to represent what's inside not necessarily from the uh, in a literal sense where you know it's one for one like a um say a, a duck building where you know the, the, those um buildings in in the last uh century where you know the building is literally shaped like a duck and 
you can, you know, you can see that that's, that's what it, that's what it is. And this is more a, a, uh, an interpretive representation of something. And I think that it's, it's just somewhat magical. You know, it's something that I think, especially at the time, nothing had really been presented this way. And it's, it's partially, it's partially important because of its presentation. And it's also important because of the way that it sort of defies expectation. You know, it, 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 it provides a backdrop for the artwork inside that is just fun and creative and something that you can, when you see it, you can interpret that it is probably an art museum, but it's also, it's working on multiple levels enough so that it's like, if you look at it from the water side, it starts to look almost like ripples in above water, but like the ripples that you would have in the water, there's imagery that it evokes as part of its, its integration into its site. And it, it's just such a, a fun project, you know, it's, it doesn't, it's not a project that you can really pick apart. That's based on a specific kind of grid or based on some sort of, specific logic system that you just inherently understand. Um, it's more of a project that is based in interpretation. And I think that's what, for me at least, makes architecture so special is that you can interpret it in so many different ways. But at the end of the day, this is such a uh, an interesting and functional project that all you you, all you can do is just look at it and sort of, you know, sort of smile. So that is the project of the week. And I hope you will check out some of the links so that you can learn more about the Guggenheim Museum Bilbao. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Architecture Time. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the podcast, leaving a review and sharing it with someone you know. It would mean the absolute world to me and would really, really help the podcast grow. For more Architecture Time and other fun, informative content related to architecture and the profession, please visit evolvingarchitect.com. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next time.